Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the third episode of Shy Sports Combo. I am your host, Edgar Romero, alongside my co-host, Martin Barraza. On today's episode, we'll be covering the division round playoffs over the weekend, and plus the Chicago White Sox. And for this episode, I forget to call it White Sox, White Sox, go, go, White Sox. <laughs> Well, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Lots of great football. So we had crappy here in Chicago, but lots of great football over the weekend. The weekend, these four games were good battles between three of the games. Don't get me wrong, yeah. The Packers and 49ers, we'll talk about it more, but I think we should start it with the division round playoffs, so let's start with the game one, which was Bengals at the Titans. Yeah, I believe me and you predicted the Bengals were going to win this, but yeah, it was we a did. close game. Bengals won 19-16, but it was a good game between both both teams. What, what, what were your thoughts on that game, what you saw? Um, I had a feeling Cincinnati was going to win that game, but they were. I think you you made your points on your predictions. There were too many unknowns with the Titans for them to you really want to pick them. Um, if if you if you like made like your chart of quarterbacks, like your number one quarterback out of all the teams in the playoffs, if you graded them by how good they were. Ryan Tannehill is probably the worst quarterback, right? And when you don't got, and when you don't got Derrick Henry playing well, and you don't have your full complement of weapons, it, it's not good. Joe Burrow got sacked nine times that game, and they still won. Now, granted, they only scored 19 points, but it showed you that Tennessee has a ceiling. They need, they have a ceiling, and their ceiling right now is just to get to the postseason. Um, they need to make a change of the quarterback position for, to get to take that next step because they have a good coach. They look like they have a good front office, but they need that they need that change at the quarterback position. But going back to Cincinnati, hey, Cincinnati is a good football team, and they're they're coming up. Macaulay Culkin and Jamar Chase are doing a great connection. Um, yeah. Hey, and Cincinnati yes, Cincinnati played well. Played well. And you said it. It was going to end up being down to Joe Burrow and Chase. Mm-hmm. And eventually, Joe Burrow threw it to Chase. Chase got to the field goal line. And the the, the 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 kicker pretty much hit the field goal and won the game for them. It's funny how these, this game ended. How it started, but... Oh, well. I predicted Titans didn't have the weapons. I did not trust Ryan Tannehill, so... That was a good prediction for us. So now moving on to Sunday night's game, the big one, bro. Wow, what a back and forth game. Oh. Between the, the Bills and the Chiefs. Oh my Even god. I wanted the Bills to win. But the way how it ended when I knew it was overtime, it depended who was gonna get the ball first, and whoever got the ball first was gonna win the game and boom. 
That's what you got. I already knew it right away. When the Chiefs got the ball, like, yeah, they're winning. They're not. They're going to let this go, man. But what you thought about that freaking awesome game, bro? Like, from beginning to end, dude. And it's just constantly back and forth, the defenses and everything. Like, at the end, the defenses on both sides got tired. So, what were your thoughts on that game, man? Well, it was a game. It was a great quarterback played game. But again, the defenses, holy crap, they were so bad. The defensive yes. coordinator for the Buffalo Bills is Leslie Frazier. The Bears have a lot, have a lot of interviews with that man. So, and I would be massively disappointed if the Bears signed him as to be their head coach. They did not. They did not play well. They they played quarters defense and they let and they let uh, Tyreek Hill run by them. They also let Kelsey also run by them. It just poorly played defense, but the quarterback play was very well. Josh Allen has really turned the corner, in my opinion, as a quarterback. First season, he didn't play well. He wasn't highly regarded, but he has really progressed. And he's one of these next wave of... In the AFC, you got Joe Burrow. You got Josh Allen. You got Patrick Mahomes. You got my boy Justin Herbert. You got all these young great young quarterbacks see this is why i think tom brady's a visionary because he knew that they were coming so he left to the nfc because there's not not a lot of good young quarterbacks um but it was a fantastic game this should have been the afc championship game yeah if the yes. super bowl's like this man it would be great i wanted patrick mahomes to win but dude I bet money on that game for the Chiefs to win. Oh my God, dude! It was so pulling on me. It was. I was texting you back and forth. I'm like, I lost my money. Wait, I won my money. I lost my money. And then with thirty, it was thirty-six, thirty-three. With about thirteen seconds left, I'm like, I just lost my money. And then they hit the field goal. And then I'm texting you guys. Like, oh, they won the ball. That's, and when, you, I text, I, that's when I text yeah. you, man. Before, before they won the game, I'm like, it's over. The Chiefs are going to win, man. They got the ball. And then and like, three, like three or four plays later. <laughs> as soon as your text hit me and I went and I, and I checked the score, they won. They hit the game-winning pass. I'm like, I'm like, oh, my God. It was, but it was a great game. Great play by these two young quarterbacks. Who knows? This might be the next uh, Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning rivalry we have in the AFC. You know what? Yes, you're right. Cause that that's what that's what I saw, man. Cause the way how Josh Allen was throwing, bro, he was throwing those nice little spirals, dude. I'm like, damn, like this dude. And then the, the way how he was connecting with his wide receiver, what's his name? Um, Davis. Davis. Damn, bro. Like really, four touchdowns for him, dude. And My game, God, that 75 yard touchdown pass. Holy exactly. shit! I'm like, hey, man, if they they're gonna have a good connection between them two for the coming years, man. Hopefully for more. But hey, the Chiefs gone, so now it's gonna be the Bengals going to the Chiefs, and who's gonna win that, man? Obviously the damn Chiefs. I don't see the Bengals beating them. What do you think about that? Um. Well, they. On the betting lines, uh, Kansas City is a seven-point favorite. Um, I like Cincinnati, uh, but Kansas City, Kansas City, what they did against Buffalo, and 
I just I just don't think I just don't think Joe Burrow as mo- as good as he's been all season and Jamar Chase has been pretty good. I don't think they have enough to hang with Patrick Mahomes in a shootout. I may be no. wrong, but I don't I don't think so. And I, I do believe, I, believe, I do think they're gonna win by I think they're gonna win by seven or more points. Kansas City is. I, I feel I, I would be surprised if the Bengals. Or find a way to beat the Chiefs, but right now, the way I'm seeing, Patrick Mahomes, ever since he became the quarterback for the Chiefs, has always had games where, where high scores wasn't played. And the way how I saw the Bills against the Chiefs this on Sunday night, yes, I, I don't see the Bengals anywhere near those high scoring points against the Chiefs. So yeah, my bet's on the Chiefs winning the AFC Championship. They might get there, but it's not their time yet. But they're on their way. Yes. They're on their way. Yeah, the Bengals still need some to have more pieces and more coverage where is needed, right? Mm-hmm. But moving on to the NFC, the Rams against the Bucks. Uh, Man, this game when it's how the way how it started, I felt like damn Tom Brady, pretty much okay. He's gonna lose crazy because the Rams were like just sticking it in there for to them and it's like okay cool like whatever but you can never bet against Brady his magical season continues coming back from being down what 30 uh, to 3 was it oh no 27 to 3 yeah they scored 24 on answer points in the fourth quarter in the fourth quarter can you believe that man what was your thought on that game bro well I made two bets on that game. I bet OBJ was going to get more than 50 yards. That was an easy bet. And I bet the the old gunslinger, Tom Brady, to win by three points. I saw the game and in the beginning, and holy crap, he looked old. Here's the thing. Yes. When you can get pressure on him, when you can get pressure on Tom Brady, Tom Brady, unfortunately, I mean, yes, he can... He can dissect you, but you, to me, you have to make Tom Brady use his athleticism. If he needs to use his athleticism, he he's a pedestrian quarterback. He starts showing his age. If you have to get pressure on him, if you don't get pressure on him, Tom Brady, because he's so smart, he'll dissect you. Uh, uh, Los Angeles is good pass rushers, and. Tom yes. Brady, Tom Brady got a taste of of what Patrick Mahomes faced. It banged up offensive line, not a, not your full complement complement of weapons. But I mean, I give them credit. I give them credit. But at the same time, he got four turnovers. A lot of people are saying that yeah, Tom Brady came back, but Tom Brady got help. He got four turnovers from the from the Rams. Cooper Cup is a beast. I do not understand why they let Cooper Cup two times run wide open out of the middle of the field. Cooper Cup should get MVP votes. But look, I give Tom Brady credit for them, but Los Angeles came back. They barely squeaked. They barely squeaked by, but it was another game that came down to a field goal. But I don't know. I don't know if Tom Brady... Tom Brady might come back after next season, but I think after next season, he's, he's done. Yeah, Brady, We I, like I told you, man, 
the Rams have everything in paper that good. The defense is monsters with Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, Von Miller, you name it, man. And you got Jalen Ramsey as, as the top Jaylen quarterback. Ramsey, there you go. Yes, and then their offense, as long as Cup and OBJ help out Stafford, Stafford should be fine. I'm like, but we knew that coming in, like I knew Tom Brady didn't have the same weapons as as the Rams. But for him to come back the way how he did 24 unanswered points, regardless of the four turnovers that the Rams gave, he still pretty much got it into a tight game and he pretty much let the defense do their thing and the defense pretty much lost. So the defense lost the game for the Bucks. It was not the law, it was not lost to Brady, it was pretty much lost by the defense of the Bucks. They couldn't stop like you said. They left cup wide open twice, and that's it. That's all they needed. You him open twice, and here comes Gay and kicks the mm-hmm. field goal, and it was another game that ended by three points to close out the game. But we got the Rams moving on. They're trying to win one more game so they could go back home and host the Super Bowl for themselves. <laughs> all right, here comes the big one: 49ers again, the Packers. I was fortunate enough. You went to the game. Exactly. I was fortunate enough to get invited to the game. It was my first time going to an NFL game, actually, and to be a postseason postseason game, division round. I'm not a big, I'm not a Packers fan, but I still went because I said, "Hey, it's the postseason. It's my first NFL game. Why not? I'm gonna go." All I can tell you is right now, man. Lambeau Field is a beautiful stadium. You go inside, everything's clear, dude. It was an awesome, it was a nice, it was a nice and awesome experience that I had, even dealing with the cold, because it was cold up there and it was snowing, but mm-hmm. it was a, it was one of the best experiences that I had and I really do appreciate my brother-in-law inviting me and I'm like, okay, I got a ticket and I, I loved it, but Let's talk about the game, which I was constantly predicting since even being told, hey, you want to go to the game? I'm like, because I remember, I think last week I did predict, right? That they, they, they were going to lose by, by a field goal. You did? I think so. Maybe. I don't know if I predicted it in the show or I texted it, texting you the prediction. But I know you predicted the 49ers to win. That for sure. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the game. The way how I saw it, I didn't saw the, uh, the TV, the television wise, so you must have seen it. Mm-hmm. I want to hear your version, what you saw on TV. Well, the first drive, I mean, they went right from the field. I picked the Packers to win, win by six. They actually, actually, they had, they were favored by the most points. Out of all the teams, they were favored by the most. Um, went right down the field, scored a touchdown. I'm like, fantastic. After that, nothing. Zilch, nada from from uh, Aaron Rodgers. Um, Aaron Rodgers, to me, unfortunately, the... I mean, I'm, I'm not a Packer fan, and I'm pretty sure you saw all these Packer fans freezing their asses off and crying, and you're probably, like, laughing internally, like, 
Yeah, you yep. might you own the Bears, but you can't do shit in the playoffs. Exactly. You yeah. I was there, and Aaron Rodgers, the big name, right? He's the face of NFL, whatever. But the we top saw three quarterback. Exactly, and we saw four games, and out of all those four games, I saw passion from Brady, Stafford, Allen, Mahomes, Burrow, Tannehill, and Garoppolo. I did not see passion from Rodgers. I felt like Rodgers played not caring if he was going to win the game or not. He always had this blank stare like he always has. And and this time around, I'm sorry, Packer fans, but you guys were talking about it over the radio and you guys were telling me it, but I feel like you guys already, you guys are done with Aaron Rodgers. Either stay or leave. That's that's pretty much your you, uh, the end end of all for Aaron Rodgers, and I feel like he pretty much I feel like he pretty much said f you to the Green Bay Packers organization or whatever. Like pretty much okay, I'm done. I don't care because I could give you these details, man. I'm like look at I'm gonna give you all since Aaron Rodgers started the postseason. Here we go. 2007 division round he faced the Seahawks he won the quarterback in that for the Seahawks was Hasselbeck yeah he was done by that point yep exactly but then he lost the conference championship against the Giants Eli Manning was a quarterback he beat him now from there he they didn't make it in 2008 but here from 2009 all the way to 2016 eight straight playoff appearances 2009 wild card he lost to the Cardinals who was their quarterback Kirk Kurt Warner, Warner yeah. 2010 the only season that he will he proved to be the top-notch quarterback in 2010 because he came they went they won the wild card so in the wild card game who they faced the Philadelphia Eagles who was a quarterback Michael Vick mm. division round they faced the Falcons Matt Ryan's a wow. quarterback and he, he was beat. young a puppy that time exactly a conference championship we all remember this dude uh, I don't want to Chicago Bears Jake Cutler he beat Jake and Cutler he, by 7 points and he got injured in that game and he had to and he had Caleb Haney play for the rest of the game Exactly. And then the Super Bowl game. He beat the Steelers after Big Ben already has already won two championships. He beats Big Ben on, the, on those and that championship and that's it. They had a great but defense that year. Great yes. defense led by Charles Woodson. Yep. So that year, the Green Bay Packers, wow. Aaron Rodgers, phenomenal quarterback. That's where his stakes went up and stay far. Yep, he was on <laughs> his way at that point. He was on his way yep. to. That was a true thing, but here comes 2011, the vision round against who? The New York Giants, and what happens? <laughs> Eli Manning takes them out again. 2012, they make the wild card. Who they beat? The Minnesota Vikings. Who was the Minnesota Vikings quarterback? Hmm, some dude named. 
Christian Ponder. Ugh. Exactly. And they make it to a division round. And who they lose against to? That's right. Yeah, San Francisco 49ers. Colin Kaepernick? Exactly. 2013 wildcard game. Against who? The 49ers again. Who was the quarterback? Kaepernick. Yeah. Ate him alive in both of those games yep. on the ground. Exactly. 2014, they made they they don't they they, they win the division and they face against the Cowboys. Who was a Cowboys quarterback at that time? I think believe either Tony Romo or Dak Prescott, but I believe it was Tony Romo. He beats him and takes him out. And I think that Oh, was that was that that catch. It was not a catch where Des Bryant caught it one handed yes. and slammed it and it wasn't a catch. Yep. And I think that was that that was the last game for Romo or whatever. And then the conference championship, they lose. And who kicks them out? The Seahawks. Who's their Seahawks quarterback? Russell Wilson. Legion of Boom. Exactly. And that was the con- that was the championship where the Packers, I believe, were up nineteen to seven or nineteen to three. One of that was the score that they allowed um, the Seahawks to come back and win the game in overtime. And then two thousand fifteen. They make the wild card. They face off against the Redskins. Who's their quarterback? Kirk Cousins. They beat them easily. Cool. But then they go to the to the division round. They face against the Cardinals. Who's the Cardinals quarterback? Carson Palmer. Exactly. I'm like, yeah, he loses to him. What did they nah. that game? They got trounced in that game. Yep. And then 2016. Here's another year that he looked like it was gonna be good, but he he they 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 have a wild card game against the Giants, and he finally beats Eli Manning, and they they pretty much beat the Giants. Then they go against the division round and they face off against the Cowboys. Guess what happens? He beats Dak Prescott, gets him out, and they go to the conference championship in that year, 2016, and face off against the Falcons. And who beats him that right then and there, the quarterback? Matty Ice. Exactly, Matt Ryan. And now, guess what? After those eight years, he only had one season in 2010 where he won the Super Bowl, but he was a top quarterback for those those eight years. He misses the 2017 postseason. He misses the 2018 postseason. Then he comes back as Superman in 2019. They win the Packers win. They go to the division and face off against face off against the Seahawks. Who's the Seahawks? Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson. He finally beats them in the playoffs, gets them out. But then guess what happens? In the conference <laughs> championship, he faces off against the 49ers. and, and guess they who pounded them on the ground. Exactly. Garoppolo. Garoppolo beats them. Twenty twenty, they win it again. Aaron Rodgers faces off. Against the Rams in the division round. Who's the quarterback for the Rams? Not Matthew Stafford, but Jared Goff. He beats Jared no. Goff. Who's the goal right No, now? Goff was in the, did not play that game. His hand was oh, hurt. It was John Wolford, the backup quarterback. Dude, good correction. There you go. Easy win for Aaron Rodgers. But then again, conference championship finals. Um, like he faces off against the Bucks. Who's a who's a Bucks quarterback? Tom Brady. What happens? Loses the game. 
And there's this fiasco saying that it was um, a bad call by the coach. I do think it was a bad call, but yeah, he lost. Period. But he lost. Period. Now we come to 2021, the division round, where I was at, watched it live, and what I saw was Garoppolo didn't have shit that game. Garoppolo played like trash. Mm-hmm. This game was meant for Aaron Rodgers to beat Garoppolo for the first time in the postseason, and he failed the Green Bay Packers fans. He started, they started off hot, and that was it. The defense did all their best. Mm-hmm. Packers give him the ball, and he constantly failed. There's no more that, oh, I got nobody, no, 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 no. You had him. You had Adams, and you had, what's his name, um, the running back. What's the running back name? You had Aaron Jones. A.J. Dillon came out with an injury, but you had enough weapons. You had Alan Lazard, who had a good season. You have enough weapons. It's unacceptable. I know the special teams didn't play well, and it was a problem for them all season. You're an MVP quarterback. He's going to win his fourth MVP. I think he's won more than Brady. I don't think Brady's won that many MVPs. You have to score more than 10 points. You have to score more than 10 points. Yes, all the Packer fans are going to be like, well, the defense failed him. I don't care. You're, you're, if he would have scored 40 points and then the special teams failed, okay, fine. That's acceptable. But he only scored 10 points. You only exactly. got you 10 points. That That is not right. That is unacceptable. He just needed one more touchdown. Yeah. How hard was it to get just one more touchdown? Make it 14 to 3. And then put the pressure on the 49ers. But what happens? They make it to the field. They, they try making the field goal, right? And what happens to that field? It gets blocked, right? Mm-hmm. And then the 49ers took advantage and they scored a touchdown and tied the game 10 to 10. And I remember when they did that, deep down, I was laughing so hard. Like, oh my God, it's going to come predictable. I look at my brother-in-law and I tell him, if the 49ers stop Raymond Rogers right now and they get the ball, they had six, they had five minutes and a half left, I told them. They're going to run the ball, they're going to milk it, and they're just going to score a field goal, and that's how they're going to win. And that's what happened. Garoppolo did not have his best game that day, but he did enough where he was able to take the ball and take it at least to get a field goal. Because you also got to remember, Garoppolo has an injured shoulder. And hand. And exactly, and had. So he did have an excuse why he didn't play well. What was Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I mean, Daniel, yeah, you're absolutely right. On TV, and you had a better seat because you were there, when they blocked that punt and they scored, you literally saw the air just completely come out of the stadium. The momentum completely changed. Those cheese heads, 
those cheese heads, I think they they went like, oh god. Yes. Oh, okay. The moment that block happened, everybody was going nuts. Oh, that block happens. Everybody's looking around. I'm sitting over here and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like you guys are seeing this? What you guys ain't cheer for this? I'm like, oh man, what a bad, oh, what, what a game. They get the block, they get the touchdown, and then what happens in the next play? After they, after the Fortnite's tied the game, this is the, this is the shit that I don't understand. They tie the game. The Packers get the ball back. They get it, and then when Rodgers just goes a three and out. Yeah. I no effort for him of trying to get a first down, like I was seeing in the beginning of his uh, of the 2010s. Like he was going for it, or he was trying to get at least a first down himself if nobody else was helping out. I just saw nothing like that from him. He just gave it up. He like he pretty much he showed he didn't care no more. That's what I saw. How did he look in the TV? Did he look like he didn't care? Well, I think it, it's it's the same thing. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. I think his problem was that. I think he sees himself equal as Tom Brady. No, nobody's equal to Tom Brady. Tom Brady's in a league of his own. Tom Brady, very few quarterbacks that I've seen, when when you need to come back or when things are getting tight in the brightest spots, Tom Brady doesn't shrink. Tom Brady comes back. I guarantee you Tom Brady would have beat San Francisco. Even though Tom Brady would have beat San Francisco. Now, it also helps... Look, it helps out because I bet you if he had Bill Belichick as his, as his coach, he would have he would have beat the Rams. He would have made the comeback. But but um, he sees himself as that person, and he wants to be catered to. But here's and he feels like, hey, we don't have enough talent. Look how crappy our special teams is. They cost me the game. But that's that doesn't matter. You if you are. A top, he's a top three quarterback in the league. I think it's it's Mahomes, him, and Brady. You have to win these games. If you're a re- regular season MVP, you've been pouting these two times because of the drafting of Jordan Love. You've had two MVP seasons. Yeah, fantastic. You have MVP seasons. You haven't won anything with them other than the division. The division's in crappy shape because the Lions suck. The Bears are not very good, and Minnesota with Kirk Cousins—they're a mediocre. They're a mediocre eight and eight and eight, eight and nine, nine and eighteen. So, to me, it seems like once they blocked it, you're right. It's like he quit. He quit on the team. The problem with the Packers is, the Packers have put themselves in a bind because Jordan Love cannot play. He can't play. I don't know why the hell they drafted a quarterback either. They wasted Jordan Love. That boy can't play either. So the Packers, yeah, he, he's gonna pound and stuff. But if you're the Packers, you you can't really do anything. They're up against the cap. Devontae Adams is a free agent. Rodgers' cap hit is huge. But yeah, you're right. He quit on the team after he saw that the special teams cost them quote unquote the game. He quit. He didn't try to come back like 
Mahomes and Allen and Rodgers and and Stafford. He didn't try to come back and Burrow. He didn't try to come back and lead the team. He just quit on them, and he was just pounding. You know who Aaron Rodgers reminded me of? Who does he remind you of? He is a more accomplished Jay Cutler. Yes. He is a more accomplished Jay Cutler. If Jay Cutler was better and if he had results in terms of individual numbers, he would have been exactly what Aaron Rodgers is. That's who he reminds me of. And and it's funny because Packer fans, I bet if I remove Aaron Rodgers from their team as a quarterback and added Tom Brady as a quarterback, you guys are beating the 49ers. Yeah, you guys will probably go to the Super Bowl. Because the difference between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady... Patrick Mahomes Rodgers can elevate other players Tom Brady elevates the other players Tom Brady is not about making money or himself he's about winning and winning championships Aaron Rodgers I don't see that after he won boom I did not see that he constantly complain about his surroundings. Well, I don't got this. Well, I don't do that or whatever. You know what? I give him this. Probably he had more control of who he wanted to bring to the Pack Green Bay Packers. Then yes, I probably give him that. You know what? Yeah, he's probably right. He's a quarterback. He's a franchise quarterback. He needs. To, hey, bring me this guy in. I feel like me and him could have a connection into the ball. Yes, I do give him that. But other than that. Brady, he has elevated a lot of players and made them money. And these players gone to other teams and they flopped. <laughs> Am I lying? No, no, you're right. Uh, Danny Amendola wasn't very good when he left. Um, Wes West Walker? West Walker was good because he went with the Broncos. He went with Peyton Manning. Yeah, but then but he, after, he, after that, he wasn't very good. Um, and at that point of his career, because he didn't have good receivers, he had a Gronk, and then you had little slot guys like Julian Edelman and, and Wes Walker. These little slot guys, but yeah, you're right. Um, Tom Brady elevates the players, and yeah, Tom Brady. Tom Brady is about winning and winning championships. He doesn't care about getting paid because he's he's leaving a legacy. Now I'll give him credit though. I do not get the Packers drafted Jordan Love with overall pick just to stash him. Me, me either. If I was a Packers, I would have drafted a wide receiver that was going to help Aaron Rodgers or an offensive lineman or an offensive lineman exactly that will protect Aaron Rodgers. Cause that's another thing too. The past eight, eight, the past ten years that I've seen Aaron Rodgers, he man, that dude, that offensive line, pretty much will break him. Because look at those hits, man. Look at all the hits that he has taken, and I feel like that's that's a big uh, a big issue issue with him too. Like where 
he's running he's running around for his life and looking for somebody to open so he could throw the ball and uh, a linebacker won't struck him or hit him or will do whatever with him. But now we see that the 49ers bring down the clock to four seconds. They kick the field goal. Who's a who's a field goal kicker? Exactly, a bear, the ex bear kicker. Yeah. <laughs> Still has no misses in the postseason or playoffs. I'm like, wow, that's 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 another accomplishment, like, but they win the game, and that's it. The pack, the Packer fans were stunned. It's a small town. Um, I was over there, and one thing that I saw interesting is that everything's closed when we left, and that shocked me because it's like, okay, that means that everybody goes to. The, the, the stadium to watch the Packers game but this time around I felt like these fans were mad <laughs> disappointed and pretty much yeah like I think it's just it's just pretty much uh, either Aaron Rodgers needs to decide if he wants to stay or go now it's not no more that, oh, you know, well, yeah, we still love you. No. I think the fans, I feel like the fans were already pretty much tired. And they want a new change of scenery. Either if he plans to stay, like he better start playing with the passion because the fans show you a lot of passion, dude. And I feel like you disrespecting them by not keep putting the effort because at the end of the day, you play for a team. You play for the fan base. Regardless of your personal issues with the organization, you still got to show up and perform for the fans because the fans are showing up to see you. And if you don't perform the way how you're supposed to perform, then either say, I'm burned out, I got to move on, I got to go to a new team and be refreshed. No more sticking around and bad mouthing the organization or putting on the dirty laundry out there about their organization or how you feel, whatever that you think you deserve. If you really deserve that, then you should do more better to show that. Now, it is what it is. But we know 49ers make it. Uh, they're going to face the Rams in the NFC Championship. Uh, the 49ers got the Rams number this season. They're 2-0 against them. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the NFC Championship game. I still feel 50-50 because I'm, I'm a true believer in underdogs and the 49ers right now are the underdogs. So if Garoppolo could know how to fix his shoulder and hand here in a week, I think there's going to be a good and close game between the two. But I think I'm edging over the Rams beating the 49ers this time around. What do you think? Uh, right now, the right now the Rams are a three point three point favorite. I'm I'm running to make that bet. I have the Rams winning. It's going to be a close ball game. They'll finally make it over the hump. Um, here's the thing with Garoppolo. 
Garoppolo hasn't played well this postseason, and they have two wins. Um, they've gone into both games, the the 49ers have with the with the quarterback disadvantage. That that Prescott's a better quarterback than Garoppolo, and Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback than Garoppolo. On both instances, Garoppolo, uh, the 49ers have been lucky. The quarterbacks haven't played well. Now, a third time, for them to win, it's, it, the formula is this. The quarterback has to have a bad performance. Matthew Stafford has been playing pretty well. And Garoppolo, again, hasn't been playing well. The Rams have a, a more of a decided advantage. They have the be- they have better weapons. Um, Debo Samuel, fantastic in that game, running the ball. They use him as a as they use him as a running back. Got you the top guards. He's banged up. Trent Williams is backed up. You got that ferocious pass rush from the Rams. 49ers have a very good pass rush too. So if they can get to Stafford, who knows? But I think it's a very hard for the 49ers to beat the Rams once again. And I have the Rams winning by three points. If you see that bet, if you see them for three points, run and make that bet on the Rams. Uh, this that's, is the my, that's my opinion. This is the interesting part with the Rams. You're in the NFC Championship game. And if you lose to the 49ers, that's going to be your own damn fault. (laughs) Because you could have had the chance to not have the 49ers barely make it to the playoffs because you could should have beat them in the last game of week 18. But no, you lose to them by 16 points. So now for the Rams, it's put up or shut up. Because if you are not able to beat the 49ers, then your issue is not having the top-notch athletes in your squad. You got your quarterback in Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford is way better than Jared, way better than Jared uh, Goff. Mm-hmm. Yes. You have OBJ, and you play very Goff. well. You you have the weapons to beat the San Francisco 49ers. And if you don't, <laughs> the 49ers beating the, the the Green Bay Packers, that's not the worst game. That would be the worst game if the 49ers are able to beat the Los Angeles Rams. And again, the Rams are not <laughs> making it to the Super Bowl. Wow. Uh, this is the Rams game. All I know is that if Garoppolo is playing and throwing a good game, that should scare the Rams fans. Because you said it. The, the 49ers has two games. Quarterback wasn't playing that well. Who saved their asses? The running game and the defense. And just timely throws by Garoppolo. Garoppolo making that one or two throws that he needs to make at that at that moment. And 
but that makes a good key quarterback. He's probably not one of the top quarterbacks that you want on your team. Oh, he's one of those quarterbacks that he knows when he needs to step it up and when he needs to needs to pretty much take it in order for them to win it. But we'll see. We'll see this this weekend, this Sunday, when the Foreigners face off against the Rams. Also, one last point to your point. If the Rams win, they basically have the Super they have a home they have the Super Bowl in their home stadium. So it'll be yep. a home game. More incentive for them to win. And also, like you said, to your point, a catastrophe if they lose. You could have your Super Bowl in your home stadium and you lose to this team three times in your division. Well but we'll yep. see, like you said. Yeah, well we'll see. This is this it's pretty much the pressure's not on the 49ers, the pressure's on the uh, on the Rams. The 49ers are the underdogs. They don't care. They have no pressure at all. The pressure's on the Rams. And they have to nut up or shut the hell up. And that's it. You lose your season. All right. Moving on from the NFL games. And let's talk about our episode today. Going to back some little baseball. A little interesting between us. And we love to watch and actually have a conversation of. Even though, yeah, we're Cubs fans, but we're going to be talking about the White Sox. Yeah, there's two teams in town. Yeah. So, hmm, the White Sox. 2020, shortened season due to COVID, 60 games. They made a lot of sign signings to those in that year. Like you know, they probably signed, who they signed, huh? Edwin Encarnacion, who was Gio Gonzalez, who was they signed? They signed a bunch of one-year deals that they didn't go right. No, they hadn't. Who was that now? Masara. Yeah, and I thought it was gonna be good. They traded for him to be the right yeah. fielder, and the boy, I was wrong. Trade. Yeah, they traded for him. Mazzara, who was a the, uh, no, there was a they did it. They had a lot of small signings or whatever, and it was a twenty year and pretty much sixty games. They had a nice record. They they pretty much they had the lead, and then they went down to being the thirteenth. So they ended up being like a wild card winning team. So yeah, they 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 pretty much the White Sox won thirty five games out of twenty five. So they make the wild card. They only win what one game against the Athletics, and then Athletics take them out. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yes, right. Yeah. Yep. So the Athletics, yeah, it was it was a short season, which I don't know. My opinion, sixty games was not enough. Did not prove anything. Uh, I know they did their best. Everybody did their best that year, you know, due to COVID. And everything's COVID protocols and left or right or whatever. But all I could say, Dodger fans, yeah, if you guys think that that 2020, you guys won that championship, no. Calm down. That's just the COVID World Series. These guys still can't win the 162 games and make it to the playoffs. Calm down. <laughs> right. But what happens after that? They sign... Who they signed that year? Oh, they signed, yeah, Liam Hendricks, the closer for the Athletics. 
Because uh, the free agents, they signed him. They trade for Lance Lynn. Yeah, they traded Dane Dunning for him. Dane Dunning for him. Lance Lynn comes in. You got these young coming up players, which they look good. I could give you that. Center for the Luis Robert. Look good. Second baseman, uh, Nick Madrigal. Look good because he gets on he gets on base. He just puts the the bat the bat on the ball and gets on. Oh, terrible fielder though. But a terrible fielder, but that could be that could be um a and he gets gets pretty much whatever, he works on it. Yeah. He's on the better side of town now. He'll 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 get better. Yeah, he'll he'll definitely <laughs> get better. Uh, but yeah, you know, you have him then you still you bringing up these young guys, Angel Vaughn now. Gavin uh, Sheets. Gavin Sheets, Danny Mendig, man. But you start the season off with Mr. Ilo Jimenez getting injured in the spring training game. Yeah, th- those pesky nets. How, um, how, well, how are you um, in the spring training? Ilo Jimenez, please, bro. It's just pre- it's a spring training game, dude. Don't go all out just for a ball, dude. Just let it be, man. Those games don't count. So just for a reminder for your future reference, bro. Don't don't get injured in spring training like that. Well, he's a DH, but um, yeah. Okay, so you know the season starts. Damn, and they they started pretty good, man. You know they got this this young dude, not young dude. He's part of the what late twenties, early thirties. Yasmin Mercedes, he's pretty much he carried that the team. Was, yeah, those two weeks he carried the team with Mr. New Manager Tony La Russa. <laughs> trying to come back trying to come back after ten years leaving. Which I feel with with the Mason with the changes of the bullpen, it was gonna give him an issue. So yeah, you know. They do good. They they keep they keep the White Sox this season. They did enough to win the Central because they beat down on their own on the Central. But your 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 offense is surrounded by Jose Abreu. Tim Anderson's a beast. I gotta give up that 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 dude. He's a beast. Tim Anderson's a beast, man. I I, I, I like that dude. Mm-hmm. But you know, you got you got your big bats of Jimenez, Robert. Robert gets injured too, right? Yeah, uh, Robert's very good, very talented. I think he's all around. He's a better player than Eloy. Yes, I, I believe so too, man. Yeah, he's Robert. He, he's a he's gonna he's gonna be a, he's gonna be one of those those killers. Like he, the White Sox have him for the next five six years more because he signed that X thing. So yeah, yeah he got injured in the beginning of the season. Jimenez was injured in the beginning of the season. Nick Madrigal got injured in June, so he got put aside. I think he uh, tore, tore his calf, I think. Yeah, but here's your starting man. Look at your starting rotation. You know, you got your number one Lance Lynn, Lucas Gelito, uh, Carlos Rodon, Dylan Cease, Dallas Keuchel. Those are your top five starters. Yeah. On paper, they look good, man. Um, but did they perform how they're supposed to perform? Probably the first top three, four. With Lynn, Jolito, Cease, and Rondon. 
Rodon was like the surprising pitcher where he pretty much like wow like he's actually throwing good ball and he's like striking out people left and right and he's throwing innings the first half I'm like he looked good in the first half and then the White Stars were beating the Indians the Twins Royals Tigers the Tigers but when it came to actually facing off with good teams they struggled like I would see games against the Yankees they just won like barely won I'm like they're lucky that they won that uh, Field of Dreams game uh, that was that was a good that was a good game. You can you can write you can write a better game than that. Yes, that was one of one of the, that was one of my favorite games out of baseball. Good thing the Chicago team won it, which was the White Sox. But it was a good game, entertaining game. Loved it. Hands off, looked like the damn movie. It was awesome. But yeah, overall the se- the season they they pretty much. Won it because they beat up on their on their own central. But on the second half, after the All Star game, you know, Hendricks is lights out. You think you're coming up to the tread deadline, and what do you do in the tread deadline, Chicago White Sox? You guys trade. Um. For Ryan Tapera on the north side, <laughs> of all of all of all reasons, mm. and you get it, and we and the Cubs get a, a Bailey Horn, a little little small prospect. He could be. I think right now he could be uh, last. I read it. I read a scouting report. Um, he okay. could be. He'd be a low end starter, a four or five, or he could be a bullpen. Bailey okay. Horn. That's the that's the ceiling. And then the big one, you trade Nick Madrigal and Cody Hewer for Craig Kimbrough. But at this point, Craig Kimbrough with the Cubs, he was lights out. Dominant, like five earned run average. Dominant. 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 On paper, you have a three-headed monster because Ryan Tapera was also playing really good mm-hmm. and pitching really good. I mean, I'm like so on paper, you have Liam Hendricks, Craig Kimbrough, and Ryan Tapera, seventh, eighth, ninth, and also you got two guys. That could throw a hundred miles an hour in Michael Kopech and Gary Crochet. And then you have Aaron Bummer too. And then Aaron Bummer. That was good too as well. So you your bullpen, you got a dominant bullpen that you, I believe the wife should have taken advantage, and I believe because you make those trades you get Cesar Hernandez from the Guardians well not the Guardians it used to be the Indians but now they're called the Guardians to replace of the trade of Nick Madrigal to the Cubs so now you got a second baseman in Cesar Hernandez and those were the only the key moves that you made for this season 
So now, you know, you ride the ship. The White Sox win the AL Central early by, what, 93 and 69? The best out of all the rest, but not the best to have a home field advantage throughout the playoffs. So, obviously, we knew it was going to be between either who was going to have home field advantage between Houston and Chicago, but obviously Houston won that route, so they make the playoffs, and there you go. For game one, you have Lance Lynn. Game two, Lucas Giolito. Game three, Carlos Rondon. I mean, no, game three was um, Dylan Cease. Dylan Cease. And game four, you have Carlos Rodon. And your bullpen, you know, was with, obviously, the closer, Liam Hendricks, the setup, Kirk Kimbrough, the seventh inning pitcher, Tapero. You had Michael Kopech. You had um, Aaron Bummer, Gary Crochet, Reynaldo Lopez as your long reliever, and um, Ruiz as an extra pitcher for them. Extra bullpen on, but on paper they look good. And what I'm seeing from all uh, from the pitching side, what happened to Dallas Keuchel? You signed him for like a three-year or four-year deal to be one of your top starting pitchers, and he's not in the postseason. And I feel like the White Sox, okay, you just wasted money right then and there on Dallas Keuchel. Offensive side, you got your top hitters. Anderson, Moncada, Abreu, Yasmani Grandal has been huge for the White Sox. Luis Robert, Elo Jimenez, Gavin Sheets, Angle, Hernandez, Zach Collins has been good too. Larry Garcia, Danny Mendick, Billy Hamilton, Andrew, Andrew Vaughn. Andrew Vaughn's been a beast too. So on paper right now, your first starting postseason pitchers, they look good. Your bullpen, it's 100% dominant. And your offense looks good. After reading that, man, what you, having those those the, that roster, do you see the White Sox making it at least to the AL Championship Series? Um, well... On paper, just on paper. On paper, well, on paper, if we're talking about last season, they should have. They should have because here's the thing. Um, They compare compare these teams, and I hear a, a lot of White Sox fans. I mean, I went to a lot of White Sox games this past season. I mean, it's a, it's a nice ballpark to watch a game. Uh, shout out to my cousin Alberto Reyes because we went to a lot of white. He's a White Sox fan, so a lot of Sox games together. Here's the thing that I heard a lot about White Sox fans: they paralleled the Cubs when the Cubs came up because basically both teams had a teardown, and and both teams and both teams again top prospects coming up. Right, the Sox haven't won anything other than their division. If you want to compare timelines, this is the year, 2020, the year that just passed, 2021. This is where the Cubs made the NLCS. 
Yes, they got spanked by the Mets, but they made it. The Sox should have made it because the offense, the starting pitching was great. Um, I was very irritated, very irritated when uh, when the Cubs made that trade, Craig Kimbrell sending him to the White Sox because, in my opinion, I thought that we got hosed again, just like we did for Dylan Cease. I thought there wasn't enough. I thought there should have been an extra prospect. But, but it ended up not being that bad because Cody Hewer is supposedly now going to be our closer and Craig Kimbrell was awful, awful. And they're looking to move him. Craig Kimbrell could not pitch in the eighth inning. And to me, yeah, they put a lot of pressure. But to me, you had to notice this if you're Tony Larusa, and you should have put Liam Hendricks as a setup man. Move him and put Kimbrough as a closer. Try that and see if that worked. The starting pitching yep. didn't pitch well. The starting pitching didn't pitch well in the postseason, and the offense didn't, didn't play well either. Um, injuries got caught. Injuries let this team down in the postseason with, with the starting pitching. Rodon was hurt. Dallas Keuchel, I heard a lot. Dallas Keuchel was supposed to be their John Lester. Here's the difference. John Lester played well for the Cubs. Dallas Keuchel has not played well. John Lester, when they signed John Lester, he was actually coming from an actually a good Boston team who got traded to Oakland, and he was pitching very well. Dallas Keuchel wasn't even the number one starter for, for Houston when they signed up. Um, and Keiko didn't play well, and Keiko was kind of getting antsy after. This team has the ability, if you, when the lockout ends going to 2022, this team has all of the ability. What hurt this team also, that division sucked. When Francisco Lindor got traded, the, the Guardians used to be Indians, they have starting pitching, but they have no offense. The Tigers, to me, are now a team that is going to give threats to the White Sox because their starting pitching is very good. And if they fulfill their promise coming up, they're good. And if offensively they're better, they're good. Kansas City is not that good. They have they have to do another teardown. Minnesota, who I thought was going to give the, the White Sox, you know, some battle, they were awful awful they were the most disappointing team this see this past season so when when you have no competition like that day in day out now when they face teams like the yankees and teams that were potentially going to the postseason this team always lost and the big narrative big narrative going into the playoffs of 20 of 2021 was can this team compete with these teams that have winning records in the postseason and ultimately, they couldn't because they had a cakewalk. They had a cakewalk, and they their starting pitching was not were not healthy. And offensively, they just didn't answer the call. They unfortunately they 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 did what what the Cubs have been ailing, what's been ailing them these past years about not being able to hit. That's the same thing that happened with the White Sox this postseason. They couldn't hit, and they and the rotation got hurt. But if you look to 2022, Rodon is a free agent, so they're going to need to sign somebody to to take his innings. Um, 
Kopech might slide into the rotation, but they need a they need a second baseman because they didn't pick up Hernandez's option. So, but on paper they should win the Central again, and they should be in the mix to go to the AL Championship. Now you got to put expectations up there. I like all this chatter from the White Sox fans, but you guys need to win. You guys need to win. Winning the division isn't isn't good anymore. You guys are favorites. You guys are not these are not this team where nobody expects you to win. You guys are a favorite now. So now, if you guys don't get to the AL, ALCS, it's a favorite. Because on paper, they should have a quality team, good young players. So it's like he, he's been rejuvenated being with all these young players. He's an older veteran, but he's rejuvenated. And they should be, they should get to the ALCS. Yes, they should get to that this upcoming season. Yeah, so like this past postseason, man, they make the trades, and what I saw in my head was like, damn, they're pulling off the Kansas City Royal mixed with the Cubs, mm-hmm. you know? Kansas City Royal had the three headed monster. They have it. They have it in Tapera, Cambro, and Hendricks. They and didn't like, use Tapera, like, though. Like, exactly. Unfortunately for them. And then, um, you uh the starting rotation i'm like lance lynn okay cool look at Giolito, cool the lincey's young pitcher that looks like he has control of his ball he could give it will help out carlos rondon good i'm like ronaldo lopez as a long reliever he helped out the team helped he rebounded out. very well he rebounded yep. he was terrible terrible yep. these past terrible, couple seasons he had, a, he had a good season this year so i was like and then the the, the 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 lineup was all good. So the comparison is when they're trying to raise some of all, you know. First of all, Dallas Keiko ain't no John Lester. Nope. John Lester sucked during the regular season. Has his up and downs. Had a couple of months that he was awesome, and then had a couple of months that he pretty much was just giving home runs left and right. But when it matter the most, the difference between John Lester and Dallas Keiko is that John Lester pitched really great in the postseason. No matter if he was with the Red Sox, the Athletics, and the Cubs, mm-hmm. he gave those three those three teams in the playoffs all he got and he most most of the time got the job done and make sure the they survived to the next game Dallas Keiko is not that type of pitcher and I saw that comparison when they said oh no no don't get me wrong Lance Lynn the past two years it's been dominant great pickup great pickup Almost on the Russa guy. But what what's what's the difference between the regular season and the postseason? You could pitch the po- the regular season, but when it comes to the postseason, you cannot have a lot of issues. You cannot have a lot of errors. You cannot give up runs. The moment you start giving up runs, or the moment that the lead is off, or the moment you give up the lead, 
that's the moment that you're you're a ticking time bomb. Meaning your pitches are count and if you keep giving up hits, you're the, you're gonna get pulled and get replaced. So what happens to Lance Lynn? He pitches game one, starts giving up hits, gets pulled quickly, right? Too many fastballs in that game. Too many yes. fastballs, and Houston's a very good fastball hitting team. You allowed Houston to win game one. And your mind's, oh, okay, we got Lucas Giolito in game two. All right, cool. Because you're facing a, a Houston team that doesn't have no pitching, no starters, no Justin Verlander. You just had Seth Grinke, but Seth Grinke didn't even pitch that game. Didn't even pitch a lot. You had Lance McCullers, who got hurt after the first game, and Framber Baldez was basically him. Exactly. So, okay, so now we got Lucas Giolito. No postseason experience either. Pitches, and what happens? Gets pulled out quickly because why? Like you said, throwing fastball, and they're getting hit left and right. So now you have the Houston Astros up 2 nothing, And that's when I said to my Sox fans at work, I'm like, they're going to win. If they win, they're going to win the third game, but they're going to lose the fourth game because no. Like, they got no postseason experience, and that's what's killing them. On paper, the White Sox, for me, in my head, I thought they were going to make it to the World Series because they're like, okay, cool, you know, they on paper, they look good. You know, the offense, the bullpen, and the starting. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, the way how I saw it, we gave up to Perra and Kimbrough. Like, hey, man, here, you guys got to Perra and Kimbrough, man, so go make your chance. But no, that didn't happen. What happens? They come back to game three. Dylan Sis pitched a good game. For a rookie, for his first postseason or second postseason, first postseason probably, pitched a pretty good game. And pretty much they had the White Sox win that game, game three. Well, now we go to game four. It's either between Carlos Rodon or Dallas Keiko their injury but you guys chose with Carlos Rodon and like you said Rodon was injured he comes back has a crazy first first inning um like pretty much first inning throwing fastballs 100 100 100 striking out the Astros make having the momentum towards their side mm-hmm. but man the Astros quickly shut that down the next inning. Now Alex Bregman. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they shut down that quickly, man. I'm like... When I saw that, like, in the two innings, I'm like, oh, oh. But then again, who, who's the savior? Reynaldo Lopez. He pitched He picked up with Car- Carlos Rodon left off, but it was just a little bit too late. Um, I think Kopech also Kopech. pitched in that game too, right? Yep, exactly. But also, it's not just the starting pitchers. Tapera, Kimbrough, they, even Hendricks. They gave up hits against the Houston. I don't know if Liam Hendricks was pretty much already tired for being used a lot. Oh, uh, no. Liam but Hendricks, no. Liam Hendricks is probably, he amps himself up too much. His antics are annoying. 
Yeah. Amber looks like he's been figured out. Um, he's the one that got hit hard in the postseason. Ryan Tapera, he got hit too. He comes back home into Chicago, says that the Astros were cheating. Comes in <laughs> game four, he gets knocked around. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I'm like, ah. Oh. Yeah, and then, yeah, game four pretty much they destroyed him. I met mean, yeah. Game four, the Houston Astros destroyed you guys, destroyed the Chicago Whites, and pretty much shoved all the crap that they were saying to them down their throats. And that, and that game four, because even Hendricks got hit. I believe he gave up a home run to Altuve or something like that. I think so. Yeah, so like White Sox, man. Yeah, the White Sox past two seasons, all the moves that you guys done, they look good on paper. But so far, like you said, they have it has not shown um, that expectation to make it. Because they also said for this past season, win or die trying, right? Well, yeah, but. Yeah, now it's time. It's time. It's time. They they now. It's time to make. It's time to make moves. It's time to see if their rebuild pays off, just like the Cubs did. I think they do a lot of comparison with the Cubs. Yes, they they so, gotta stop doing that. The Cubs did their own way because it was time to end the drought, and it worked for Theo Epstein. The things that work for other teams. Does they not work for your team? Because it's pretty much run differently. You also got to think about it. You got a new manager, Antonio La Russa. He retired when it was okay to switch off different open arms. A lefty versus a lefty, a righty versus a righty, a lefty versus a lefty, a righty versus a righty. 10 years later you cannot do that no more and I feel that's where La Russa cannot manage because he got so used to doing those matchups because that's what he was good at doing the matchups yeah he innovated that nobody was doing that until they saw him doing it and then they started doing it too but now that they cut that off and each pitcher got to face three batters it's kind of hard to do now. So I don't know if Larusa could bring it. I don't know if Larusa could take the White Sox to the championship series. I'm hopefully they can because. Uh-huh. But Reinsdorf wants him to. He's a Ryan, He was a Reinsdorf hire. He was like, yep. Hey, Tony. Because man, see, I, I'm I I like this White Sox lineup. You know, you know, Yasmani Grandal. He's a badass. Jose I think Abreu. he's overrated, to be honest. He's overrated, but like the way how he needed to leave the Dodgers and then became that badass dude, like. 
whatever. I'm not saying that he's a good catcher because he, he's not. He's a okay defensively, player. he sucks. Yes, very bad. As a hitter, well, we're, we're talking about the White Sox. We're, we're talking about a hitter's ballpark. So you got Jose Abreu, man. Joan Mokata, I don't know yet, man. At first, he looked good, but I still don't know. Tim Anderson, no, hands down, yeah, he's he, yeah, he's a badass. Tim Anderson, wish he was with the Cubs. <laughs> I'm like Luis Robert too, man. Luis Robert, he looks he looks phenomenal, man. It's okay. We we have our Luis Roberts coming. His name is Brandon Davis. Yeah, Brandon Davis. But yeah, but Luis Robert, yeah, he looks good too. You know, Jimenez, he's kind of iffy, man. He's I'm a like, DH. Yeah, he's he a DH. He can't field. No. He need he needs to go work out with Kyle Schwarber, because Schwarber yeah. also didn't have a position, and he's a decent. Left fielder. If he can do get yeah. to what Kyle Schwarber is, I think they have yes. they have a great player in in Leloy. If he just can get decent and not hurt himself running after balls, they got them. So it's it's fan, it will be fantastic for them. Yeah. So they signed Lurie Garcia to an extension. So let's see if he could carry that momentum and have a good couple of seasons. Because if, if he can, because he had a pretty good season this year. Andrew Vaughn looks good. Like Gavin Sheets looks good too. So. They have a good couple of young, young hitters here that look pretty good on paper and that should carry out. Don't get me started with the bullpen. You know, you still got Gary Crochet, Aaron Bummer. They they got the they picked up Kimbrel's um, one year deal. So which will most he'll them. most likely be traded because I think that's what they want to do. That's what I heard them doing. They're shopping him. Oh, okay. Well, if they don't keep him, if they don't trade him, then you better hope that he pitches. Really good this season because if he doesn't, <laughs> that means that that trade with the Cubs, the Cubs won that because they got Cody Hero and Nick Madrigal. No matter what, no matter what, how you see it, you traded Kimbrough because you wanted to win that year. You traded for Kimbrough because you wanted to have the most dominant bullpen in the league. And you did. And that bullpen, in my opinion, <laughs> collapsed. Mm-hmm. I'm like, cause I'm, they do us. I was surprised. I was honestly surprised that the bullpen collapsed. I don't really care if Lance Lynn or Giolito or Cease or Rodan didn't give you innings, but if they could give you three four innings and just giving up two or three runs, the offense lineup was capable enough to give you four or five runs and the bullpen could shut those down. The starting pitchers didn't need to go four or even six, seven, eight innings. They just needed to go either four or five innings and that's it. Because if you go four, four innings, you bring in Michael Kopech, Garrett Crochet, or Aaron Bummer, or Reese, and then you use your three-headed monster to pair up Kimbrough and Hendricks. But that didn't work out. And I feel like they made that trade to Kimbrough because they felt that they could actually win and make it to and win and die trying. And on paper, it, it did. It, it was like very it was dominant. Just... It was good. I thought we got. I thought they fleeced the Cubs again. Yep. 
but what it what, what and what ends and what happens to Kimbrough is like, dude, I'm like, and you know what's the funny part with Kimbrough? He starts getting knocked around when he comes back to Wrigley Field and gets knocked around by um, what's his name? Um, the Schwindy City Miracle, Frank Schwindel. Yeah, yeah, Frank Schwindel, the Swindle, the Swindle City. Windy City. Rookies, rookies or players that are in the 30s that are rookies that were just looking somewhere to play played and knocked around Kimber. Well, Kimber was Kimber was struggling with the Cubs and it, it felt like once he hit with the White Sox he went back to that time. Yes. He I looked lost. It. With the White Sox, he looked lost. It's like he, they took him out of his comfort zone and they broke him. For whatever reason, he looked broken with the White Sox. Yep, you're right. Cause uh, I'm, I'm still, I'm still shocked that he has a 0.50 ERA with the Cubs. It's traded to the White Sox, and he probably ends up with like a five point something ERA with the White Sox. I'm like, that's, dude, that's a shitload of rounds. I didn't think up. And like, what? And it took a turn because it's like, damn, what happened, Kimbrough? He's going to be your last year as a pitcher and you're just going to go get minor league deals. Yeah, but on paper, man, yeah, the White Sox, man, they had it, bro. And I don't know. And it kind of sucks when you see a team like the Atlanta Braves win the World Series. In my opinion, just think about it, man. Without Ronald Acuna, exactly. But you I mean, see a, the Atlanta Braves, mm-hmm. Houston Astros, but the White Sox team, in my opinion, has a better rotation, bullpen lineup than the Atlanta Braves. Oh yeah, and they the Houston Astros. They got to but it's it's okay. I mean, it's I not like okay. it's it's not like they can they they have the the ability to sustain success, and that's the thing. Can they break through? That's going to be the narrative for this upcoming season. Can they break through? Can they put it all together? Because on paper, they do. They're a really good, scary team. They should be in contention to be in the World Series. No, we'll be seeing because man. They're right. They're a too scary team, man. I'm done. I'm over it. It's uh, the White Sox won the World Series in 2005. The Cubs won it in 2016. It's over. No more of who won what what. Either you're a Cubs fan or you're a Sox fan, and that's it. There's no more beef or whatever. We could have good competition when they face each other. That's all fine and dandy. We're talking about baseball with each team needs. And right now, on paper, the White Sox look like they could be a scary team. This season, they look like they were a scary team, and mm-hmm. so they gotta work things out, make some moves, make some changes, do some. Uh, 
that pretty much makes some changes and do some fill-ups that we should eventually be talking about in the next couple of episodes. But... I don't know. We'll just hope... Hopefully this lockout ends pretty soon so we can start talking more and see what... what they need to do or whatever, but... We want to see more deals because there's more free agents still out there. I know they could still... I know the White Sox still have... A three-headed monster because they signed Kendall Graveman. But mm-hmm. I don't know if Kendall Graveman's gonna give you that. But so far, having a three-headed monster, Graveman, Hendricks, and Kimbrough, or Graveman, Kimbrough, and Hendricks, whatever the situation looks pretty good as a bullpen, and you still have Alan Bummer and Gary Crochet and Dan Mix, and maybe Colpeck moves to the starting rotation, unless you know, the White Sox sign a starting rotation, who knows? But We'll see. We've got more episodes to talk about and see what we think could help out the White Sox actually win a World Series this year. But uh, this is our show for today. Obviously, our picks for the NFC and AFC Championship games. Who you got? I, I don't know. You probably got the Chiefs, right? Chiefs yeah, I got the Chiefs. They got Chiefs over the Bengals and Rams over the 49ers. Chiefs Rams Super Bowl. Yes, that's that's my that's I got those picks to the Rams and Chiefs in the Super Bowl. But I won't be surprised if the 49ers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Team. If if you told me which team is more likely to make the upset, Cincinnati or or San Francisco, even it's though. Cincinnati has a better quarterback. I still have more faith in the 49ers to pull off the upset. Yep. So, on paper, I'm, I, am, uh, I am going with the Rams. Hopefully, it's the Rams against the Chiefs because both teams got top, good top um, players. Unlike, but on upset-wise, yeah, the 49ers upsetting the Rams will be one of the greatest moments in NFL history because you got a team. Because I see the LA Rams like the LA Dodgers. You got all these top names in your team, and you still cannot make it to the Super Bowl. Dodgers, same thing. Can win in a 162 game season and make it to the Super Bowl and win. I mean, make it to the World Series and win the, the World Series. And the only one because of damn analytics, because Snell was killing them. And the damn manager had to pull him because of analytics. <laughs> well, yeah. So, okay, so you got the Rams over the 49ers. I have the same here, too. Oh, uh, yeah. That's our show, folks. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you guys next week. Next week, we'll be talking about, besides the AFC and NFC Championship Series, We'll be talking about our damn Chicago Cubs. Uh, got a laundry list of things about them. Yep. And how this recap of the season, the whole teardown. Uh, I know for sure it made me cry when they traded all the, all the players away. But in return, we'll be talking about all the trades, all the uh, uh, what we got, and how did the season win and everything. Because remember, pretty, the Cubs started off pretty. They started off pretty good. They were hot. I'm like, and then yeah. 
I think even me and you, me or you, at one point suited up for them. That's how old yep. all their rookies were. Yep, because I'm um, like, um, so they messed it. So they ran into those damn freaking Dodgers. Yeah, that's when everything went downhill. Well, that will be next week's show. So next week's show, we'll be talking about our Chicago Cubs and the results of the NFC Championship Series and the AFC. So. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Have a good night. We'll see you next week. This is Strike Sports Combo. Good night. Thanks, everyone, and share, 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 share.